Okay, James. Welcome back to Looking Over Life. Are you ready to ready to do this thing? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Uh, um, yeah, we definitely have to with the change in from daylight savings time and so forth. That we're having to do our recordings in the morning, mm-hmm. and so I'm having to get up a good bit earlier. Well, not a good bit earlier, but a decent amount earlier than normal. But every time I think about complaining, I think, well, at least I don't have to get up at 4 a.m. like Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I like I think about you and it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't complain, actually. So <laughs> I have to do my vocal exercises before you call so that uh, I make sure that I sound at least halfway awake on the podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have to make sure I blow out all the sleep out of my nose so I'm <laughs> not congested and all that. So, yeah. Well, speaking of of time, that is um, one of the things that's on our minds this morning in thinking about the podcast. James and I have been going over a lot of ideas for a good little while in relation to the podcast. We enjoy making the podcast, right, James? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. But it does it does take time, and we're currently doing we're running both podcasts as it were side by side, looking over life, which we get to share with everybody, and for what it's worth, which is the more fun podcast to do, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we enjoy both of them. We're actually one of the ideas that we were tossing around recently was making for what it's worth a spinoff podcast that we could have our fun podcast going out to everybody. But if looking at real life were, if we had more of everyone that is listening to looking over life in our, for what it's worth group, I think we would feel like our time was better used. Is that a, Mm -hmm. maybe a good way to say it? Yeah. Well, back to, you know, we enjoy making the podcast and, I think part of it is it's a I don't know if it's an excuse or it's a it's incentive for us to to talk more than we would if right. if we were just left up to ourselves but which is good and we also have been getting feedback from different people saying they appreciate the podcast mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's always rewarding but you know we live in a world there where we are both busy fathers we have to put a decent amount of time into this and so at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, is it worth the amount of time I'm putting into it um, financially? Up until now, I've, you know, we've been getting a little bit of money from our, from our patrons that pay to get for what it's worth. I've just been letting Sean take all of that because <laughs> I feel like he probably needs it more than I do down in Peru. Also, another reason is that it takes Sean a lot more time than it does me. I've done a little bit of editing of the podcast, but I'm not quite as fastidious as Sean is. <laughs> and uh, so I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm quite up to his standards. Maybe that's why he kind of took some of that editing back. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, you don't have to say anything, Sean. <laughs> um, also, he enjoys it, but still, it does take time. And you just kind of have to sit down and start crunching the numbers and seeing, you know, does this does this work out or not? Yeah, and if if it were... If, if we had, like I said, if we had just a handful more uh, patrons, then I think we would feel a little better about carrying on exactly the way we are. But right now, just being honest with you all as listeners, 
we are taking a serious look at um, stepping back a bit from the podcast if we can't uh, see a change in our return on investment. Uh, that is, if we can't grow the <laughs> podcast or grow the the Patreon side of it. One of our one of our patrons told us that if it it came to that, that he might just up his his uh, amount that he's giving on Patreon so that he doesn't lose the the Patreon episodes. <laughs> so maybe that tells you a little bit. Um, well, at least one person thinks that they're good. <laughs> yeah, we've been looking at some options for unique feeds that we could use that would be a bit more of a subscription-based uh, situation rather than how we have it with Patreon right now. You sign up and you get everything uh, forever and we can't, uh, maybe this is a secret that we shouldn't tell our patrons, we can't take it away from you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's something that uh, that we've been thinking about. And that would, one thing that it would do is it would allow us to offer a reward to those of you in Looking Over Life who would bring in, for example, new listeners. This is one idea that that we had. We're tossing this around. For example, if a Looking Over Life listener would be able to to uh, tell us that they've added or introduced people to the podcast and they've listened to an episode, uh, maybe to X number, 5, 10, 100 new people, I don't know, <laughs> then we would say, you you qualify for a free month subscription of for what it's worth, which gives you access to the whole the whole back catalog. Mm-hmm. So those are some of, some of the ideas that we're we're looking at. Um, if we can't, like I said, if we can't get there, we'll probably be moving to fewer episodes, less frequently re- release episodes of Looking Over Life. We'd have to consider what we want to do with for what it's worth on its own. That's kind of another another story but we are grateful for the support of our our patrons uh especially for the feedback that they've given over time uh feedback is really valuable to us from all of you and it shapes the plans for the podcast and in fact we have another looking over life episode in the works that is a patron idea from a patron email about science and religion and i'm not exactly sure how we're going to uh, attack that topic mm-hmm. but that's coming up soon and I'm, I'm excited about it yeah one thing i'll say just to kind of uh maybe prick your conscience a little bit <laughs> i know that we as we as mennonites we tend to we'd like a good deal and so if we can get something for free we tend to not want to pay for it you know sometimes that's okay i mean there's some podcasts that i listen to that i've never given a dime to in fact most of the podcasts i listen to but there are a few that uh, specifically appreciate what they do, and I don't want them to go away. Uh, if they would go away, I would be sad. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a couple podcasts that I actually do do support on Patreon. One specifically, you get extra episodes, uh, kind of an incentive similar to what we do with For What It's Worth. But then there's another podcast that I give money to, and they do actually have incentive episodes, uh, a special feed. But I really, you know, uh, I think I would have given it to them even if even if they didn't have those extra episodes simply because I appreciate what they do. So, yeah, um, if if this is just a fun thing you listen to occasionally and it's not that big of a deal, then don't support us. Don't give us any money. <laughs> but if it's something that you really appreciate, then you can, you know, please share it with others if you feel like it's valuable and maybe consider 
supporting us as well. We now have about 25 episodes, I think, in mm-hmm. the For What It's Worth feed, including a mini series that we started a little while back on the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So that's kind of running separately from our our more fun <laughs> <laughs> episodes. And our very first episode was entitled James Goes to the Moon. James, do you remember what that was about? Yes. <laughs> I remember that you wondered if I would go to the moon if I had a chance. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I would want it to be a pretty high chance of success. <laughs> um, I would prefer not to become part of the moon myself instead of hitting it at a couple kilometers per second. Yeah, that was that was a fun episode. It was nice and short, which I guess fortunately or unfortunately, I guess fortunately for patrons, um, our For What It's Worth episodes have gotten longer to the point where they're almost as long as our Looking Over Life episodes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is one of our shorter ones, and I want to include a snippet of it here. Yeah, I would absolutely love to go to the moon. But I've, it's cold there. <laughs> well, it's actually blazing hot. It depends on where you are. Really? Yeah. I didn't know the moon got hot. Well, it's, I mean... But if you, if doesn't you call, the cheese melt if it gets hot? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you call above the boiling point of water hot, then I guess, it, yeah, it's hot. Uh, that is hot. The side facing the sun gets really, really hot. Mm-hmm. The side away from the sun is freezing cold. Okay. Like negative 100 degrees yeah, that's Fahrenheit cold. or something. <laughs> So that's why you have to have a spacesuit, not just so you can breathe, but so you don't boil or freeze to death. Mm-hmm. Both bad, bad yeah. results. <laughs> yeah. So I've read quite a few books by astronauts that went to the moon, and they they talk about uh, this one astronaut said that he was was there in in his spacecraft orbiting the moon. If you would like to hear the full episode. And or if you would like to support the Looking Over Life podcast, you can find the link to our Patreon page in the show notes or just go to patreon.com slash looking over life. And if it sounds like we're uh, begging for support, maybe it is because uh, we're kind of begging for support. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But James, if someone wants to do that, could you um, tell them just a little bit how Patreon works and then we'll... Sure. I promise that we'll jump into the main episode for today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've I've had a few people that are acquaintances, friends of mine, that wanted to be patrons and they had to contact me and say, well, how do you do this or that sort of thing. And so if you go to the URL, patron.com slash looking over life, if you go there, and if you go in the show notes for this show, there should be a link. Sean is pretty faithful about putting that link there. You click on that, and it'll take you to a website, and it's um, you just sign up using using uh, a credit card, using PayPal, that sort of thing. It's relatively easy to do, and you will get, uh, I think, an email, and you can then take that podcast URL or URL feed. You can then put that in your podcast player, and it will then allow you to subscribe to for what it's worth. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, um, but it might take you three to five minutes, something like that, if you have your your credit card there. And you can sign up for uh, $3, $5, $10. I mean, I guess you could sign up for $100 if you wanted. I don't think we actually have a tier <laughs> for $100. Maybe if right. you sign up for $100, um, you can 
be a guest and you can pick whatever topic you want. <laughs> uh, we need to be careful with what we're promising here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah, if you have any questions about signing up, if you'd like to sign up and you're still not quite sure how, I guess, I guess I'm willing to offer tech support. Um, yeah, <laughs> you can, you can email us at lookingoverlife at gmail.com and I will try to assist you in getting, getting it hooked up or you can just send us money. Uh, you don't have to actually sign up for Patreon. You can just uh, <laughs> send us a big wad of cash in the mail. That's fine, too. <laughs> okay, enough about that. And sorry for the, the painful introduction. We have some feedback from a earlier episode, The some responses to the Quiverful episode, but I think we're going to hold those until after the main episode today. So you can sit mm-hmm. tight and hang on to those. If you want to hear some feedback from from the Quiverful episode, so today, James, we are looking at at a topic about hmm, changing who we are. Mm-hmm. Can you get us? Uh, can you get our our minds going in in this direction? <laughs> yeah this this whole topic was somewhat spurred in my mind because I was doing a study of James, the book of James. There's a, there's a few verses in the first chapter of James that really stuck out to me, and I kind of kept rolling them over in my mind. So I'm just going to go ahead and read them here. This is in the New King James. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So I was reading those verses and thinking about myself, and I'm guessing, I mean, you know, I'm not the perfect representation of mankind by any means, but I'm guessing if there's something I struggle with, there's probably some other people that struggle with it as well. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really struggle with is I go to church, uh, listen to a sermon, and think, man, that was really powerful. Um, I had my toes stepped on. There's some things I really need to change. And I go home, and there's the bustle of the day, different things. And before I know it, I think a couple days later, you know, what was the sermon on Sunday about? I know there was something really, really good about it, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just move on from there. And the same thing when I read articles. It's a really good article kind of, uh, you know, I read that, and I guess maybe the Spirit speaks to me and reveals some weakness in my character or something that I should be doing differently and like, man, I really should, should get on this and start, start working on myself because I know I have a lot of ways in which I can improve. And then a week later, it's almost as if I'd never read it. And so my question is, why can't we change? Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard for us to change? So we're going to look at why each of us can't change. Maybe it's for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. One thing I thought about was the the natural state of who we are or what we tend to be. And it's really popular. There's a really popular idea that man is naturally good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe we tell ourselves, maybe humanity tells itself this just because it's really difficult to to deal with <laughs> what would be the opposite of that, the thinking about that we aren't naturally good. Mm-hmm. But we know, I know for myself, that my natural state 
or my natural tendency is is not goodness it's Mm -hmm. chaos it's entropy it's toward ruin it's toward wrong and so that's one reason for myself it's just it's it's a daily a daily a continual a lifelong i haven't gotten to the end of my life but i'm assuming this is going to keep on the way it is (laughs) battle of of trying to push against like the very fiber of my being which doesn't want to change doesn't want Mm -hmm. to be better doesn't want to be good yeah that really resonates with me it's something i've thought about as well that it it seems like it's not just a personal thing it's also a generational thing and maybe we can talk about that in some other episode maybe we should put it on for what it's worth uh behind a paywall and (laughs) then (laughs) no we'll try to stop uh stop goading our listeners um (laughs) but it seems like there is this natural tendency toward, like you said, entropy, uh, disorder, chaos. You could say moving away from God would be more of a spiritual mm-hmm. way of saying that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it happens in our personal lives, but it also happens through generations. You have you have a father who doesn't do very well with with their spiritual life and doesn't pass really much at all onto their children, and you would expect the children, if anything, to be even worse just continually going downhill and of course children can you know somewhat pick themselves up by their own bootstraps or you could also say uh this you know the the holy spirit can help them and they can turn their lives around and become much better that does happen as well but it seems like the natural order of things is for this continual downhill trend i think it's the same way with cultures you you have this uh this tendency to go downhill, to go, to be more focused on what I want and also that I don't need to change. I think that's, that's something we hear in our yeah. culture now yeah. Yeah. is I'm, I'm perfect the way that I am. You need to be willing to accept me like I am, even celebrate what I'm doing. And, um, if you don't, well, then you're the one that's wrong. Yeah. And <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's maybe almost countercultural in a sense now to say, you should change and especially that you should change in a certain way. Like we believe I had this picture of it being like pushing a stone uphill. And then I thought about just my life and what what I deal with. And in my experience, the stone is not inert. I'm not merely pushing this giant stone up a hill against pushing against my nature or against the natural order of things. But it feels like the stone (laughs) of of who who I am on a base level is actually working against me actively working against me so it's maybe um hmm, mixing metaphors there but uh, mm-hmm. there there is this in well in in James it talks about in the, in another place in the book that what is it that that draws us to wrong and it's not it's not God's fault uh the book of James says, but it's in, in, in that sense also, it's not the devil's fault, mm-hmm. but it's about who we are and what our own desires are that draw us into to wrong things. Yeah. Um, Sean likes Pew research studies. I like bulleted lists. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure what that says about me, but um, <laughs> I actually took this topic and turned it into a devotional where I work. Uh, they have some of the men give devotionals every week. And so I turn it into a devotional and, there's a few people that seem to resonate with. So I guess I'm not alone in having an issue with this. And so here are kind of a a few 
a few reasons why I think it's hard for us to change, and and one was already mentioned in James, we are forgetful. It's not that we always are intentionally thinking, you know, I should change, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We, we are, we're, you know, we're willing, we want to change, but then we just forget. We forget about that specific thing we want to change. But then we can also say we are unwilling. And that's what I was talking about earlier. We believe we're just fine the way we are. We don't want to change. Change is hard. Or maybe we're even enjoying our sin or whatever we're indulging in, um, whether it's pride, jealousy, deceit, whatever. And this is one that really that I struggle with, and that is we try to rely on our own strength. Mm-hmm. And we constantly fail because we are too weak if we just rely on our own strength. And uh, another one here is we don't see ourselves as we are. We see how we maybe want to be, Mm -hmm. or we maybe play down the areas of our lives that are weaknesses. And I always think of a verse in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 21, 2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. And that's a bit of a struggle for me as well, to keep asking myself, Okay, I think I'm right here, but is it because I'm actually right or because I'm convincing myself? (laughs) Um, And then then kind of a last one here is we we kind of make excuses and justify our actions. We say, well, okay, yeah, I have this one problem, but I'm not as bad as Sean. (laughs) Or, (laughs) or, um, well, I do have this problem, but I have this problem because of this person that's really annoying in my life. And, I mean, everybody would would be angry at them if they were dealing with this annoying person. Sure. So those are some, some ways there. So I don't know if you have any other ideas or. Well, it makes me think about what is our, our, our base sin. <laughs> what is it that all, maybe all other sins come from? Um, I don't want to get overly theological here or overly uh, not theological. Um, I don't want to get overly technical here about what base sin is, but I think that pride and unbelief are the basis of most of our sins, and those things show up in different ways, but one way that pride shows up is that, just what you were saying, we tend to consider ourselves better than we ought to consider ourselves, and that makes me think of Mm -hmm. what Jesus said when he he told us not to judge others until we have first judged ourselves using the metaphor of get the beam out of your eye before you go and help someone else. And so from Jesus' perspective, we should view ourselves as there's probably something wrong with me and I need to work on that. Mm-hmm. The side of unbelief then is that, again, tying into what you were saying is maybe we tend not to believe the truth about ourselves. There may be people in our lives or circumstances in our lives or even um, thoughts from the Holy Spirit that tell us this is something that you need to work on. This is something that isn't that great. Mm-hmm. And we just unbelieve it. <laughs> we don't want to <laughs> see that ugly side of ourselves. Yeah, And then there's the other aspect of not believing the truth about who God is. I recently 
preached a message on who is a fool or what is a fool. God talks about fools a lot in the Bible. And one of the characteristics of a fool is simply not believing that when God says, you're supposed to be holy, just like I'm holy, you're supposed to be perfect, just like I'm perfect, that he actually means what he says. Mm -hmm. So pride and unbelief are, are big factors in why I don't change like I should. So then James, what can we, what can we do? What can we do to improve ourselves? Is this just like <laughs> a losing battle and and we're without hope? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to try to make fairly practical applications. If you're going to point out a problem, you need to have some sort of a solution. And I maybe have even mentioned that on the podcast before now that I think about it. But one thing I thought about is j- just very practically is just remind yourself, this is kind of dealing with the forgetfulness. Uh, Something I've been trying to do better at is carrying uh, a pen and a piece of paper or a little notebook or something, uh, a little index card with me on a regular basis. And if I have something there, I can just jot it down really quick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I try to take some, oftentimes I try to take some basic notes on a sermon, nothing too extensive. I mean, usually I have a little pocket notebook and I don't fill up but about one page, maybe two pages of the pocket notebook. Just the main points, main things I want to to reflect on the rest of the day, something like that is very helpful. Something that has been helpful for me is in building habits, you know, building habits to improve yourself, like exercise, which I've been horrible at doing, <laughs> um, or Bible reading, is just have a simple checklist, have have a simple habit tracker, and you can just check it off every day. And there's that incentive to to get it done. Before, I didn't really like doing this because it made it like I'm I'm doing it not because I want to, but because I want to make that little check mark. Right. But <laughs> but praise the Lord, it it seems like it can go. At least for me, this is this is my experience. It can go from something where you feel like it's a bit of a chore, and you're doing it just because you know you should, not because you want to, and it can turn into. Like it can start out with the motivation is not pure, not holy, but it can turn into where you look forward to it, where it, it goes from being a chore to something that you want to do. And uh, that's just my experience. And that was very helpful for me. I'm going to push back just a little bit there, James, because I know what you're saying about the, the motivation being pure or holy, but I do think that desire of wanting to want to <laughs> mm-hmm. is yeah. is a pure desire and yeah with mm-hmm. who we are and what we are as as humans sometimes that's just the reality of we mm-hmm. have this head knowledge and there's a part of us that is um trying to submit to the holy spirit but we're just not there yet and so we want to want to but we're <laughs> not really living in that desire and so we work in, in, in discipline. Like we just discipline our bodies. And as we discipline our bodies, then, then some of those feelings come along later. And I think mm-hmm. that is something we don't need to necessarily feel bad about. It's part of being human. Yeah. And I thought about that as well, that simply the desire to, to want to change or to want to want <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to desire Bible reading and prayer and that sort of time with God that is something that's holy, even though maybe in the moment you're like, er, I know I should want to do this, but I'm <laughs> right. not really liking it right now. Yep, yep. I think that God will reward that desire, even though 
like I said, it's maybe not coming from a, a deep seated desire to do it at that moment. It's kind of like eating your vegetables. <laughs> mm. You know, you don't really want to eat them maybe, but you know, you should. And so you do. And you know, your, your body is strengthened because of it, even though uh, that's something that I've experienced myself with going to church. There are times that I am not really feeling like it. I've had enough of people for the week or I'm just feeling busy and overwhelmed and I just don't want to go. But there are very few times. Um, in fact, I can't think of any where I go to church thinking, oh, man, I, I just do not want to go to church. But then almost every time I am rewarded and I'm glad I was there, I had a good I was really blessed by what somebody shared or I had a good conversation afterward talking with a brother. And so I think that's kind of the same way with other habits and things we're trying to form is we will be blessed. doesn't really matter how we came into that or why we decided to do it, but we can be blessed if we you know, persevere anyway. I liked what you were sharing earlier about how you remind yourself carrying your your little notebook around making ideas, making checklists, and so on. That ties into an idea that I had written down for myself, which was to live in the realization that we are naturally faulty. Mm-hmm. So the way I try to do that is I try to be suspicious of me, <laughs> <laughs> be critical of of myself, and 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 live with this this knowledge every day that i should know there's something to improve about me mm-hmm. um, knowing the the human problem and knowing myself as well as i do after 35 years that there is still stuff to work on Sean mm-hmm. and recognize that i don't have all the answers so i'm going to need outside help um, I need help from the Lord. I need help from other people. I need help from other things that I ingest. Maybe God is going to use the Bible. Maybe God is going to use James. Maybe God is going to use someone who listens to this podcast and sends feedback in. I don't know, but realize that it just this, this idea that I am naturally faulty. Mm-hmm. And one example of a practical way that I do that is... Uh, recently, I was in um, a funk, I guess. Um, I wouldn't call it a depression, but I was just not feeling all the the good, uh, joyful, mountaintop spiritual things that <laughs> a missionary pastor ought to feel, I guess. And so I uh, took one of my personal devotion times in the morning and wrote on one side of an index card, the things that I was feeling or the things that I wanted or, or like the negative things that I was dealing with, just put them on a piece of paper and then realized this is the humanity part of me, flip the card over and tried to have a kind of a, a more objective or a more God-focused response. And I had titled that, What I Need. And so instead of what I want, what do I actually need in order to get out of this funk and in order to be who God wants me to be? And then I pinned that index card on the wall in front of me. It's sitting here at the desk. I can see it now. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what those things are. <laughs> but but 
I now can see a bulleted list of the things that I need. I can't see the negative things on the back of the card. And actually, by now, I've forgotten what a lot of them are. But I have some things that I'm working on right now to make just my attitudes and my outlook and my actions line up a little bit better with who mm-hmm. God wants me to be. Yeah, you you shared some of those some of those things you were struggling with. You even sent me a picture of that index card with your concerns and then the backside with with what you believed God was doing. And now how did your concerns work out? Well, that's interest it's interesting, James. <laughs> you already know the answer to some of these things. <laughs> but life often goes this way. And I know this about life and I know this about myself, that the things that put me into a funk, whether it's worries or frustrations or disappointments, um, it tend to be, maybe it's going back to that thing of pride and unbelief. They're not based in God's truth, They're not, which would be reality. Mm-hmm. They're based in some idea that I have. And Maybe this is why I write them down and try to counteract them with some amount of truth is partly so I can see what it, what am I feeling and then what actually came out of it so that I can learn a lesson from it. But the answer to your question is most of those things, those big, difficult, scary things at that point didn't come to fruition, at least not in the way that I imagined them. They, they uh, <laughs> were definitely uh, shrunken by the time that I actually moved through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I think, was I, I attribute to the way that I worked with God through through prayer and even through prayer with people like you who supported me and changed somewhat my perspective but then also I think God changed situations mm-hmm. because of working with him on, on a spiritual level I don't know how to put that neatly into a nutshell but I would say having made that list and then trying to operate out of God's truth which is often very different from man's truth <laughs> brought out a result through some of those situations that was really beautiful and and I can rejoice about and look back and see uh, this wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't just not very bad, but it was actually really, really good. So another thing I thought about is is maybe not. Well, I guess it's still fairly practical, um, but it's not like life hacks like the last one kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you need to repent of the sins you're oh, that you're holding on to. If, if you recognize that there is something that in your life that needs to change. Whether it's a whether it's a full on sin or whether it's just uh, something you need to work on, whatever it is, is you should repent of that. Maybe even it might be necessary to confess your sin to a brother or sister who can then hold you accountable. You know, somebody that you trust, mm-hmm. somebody that can that can hold that in confidence and is also one that is willing to follow up with you and and see how you're doing. Of course, that requires a lot of trust and. I know that's not all. You know, not everybody has somebody like that, but I think that's something that all of us need is is somebody that we can we can do that with. And then something fairly simple is just call upon the Lord for help. Um, if you're too weak to do it on your own, 
then you need to to say, Lord, I can't do it. I'm too weak. I need your help. You know, spend time in prayer asking him for help. It's probably not going to change right away. It's probably going to take a lot of time. Maybe even need to spend time in, in fasting as well before before you find victory or uh, things change in your life. Some verses that that I found when I was putting together my devotional is from Psalm 145. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. So that's a, that's a promise that if you call upon the Lord, he will come near to you and he will give you what you need. You said repenting of sins isn't a life hack. I think that maybe you mean it's not something you're going to find on a BuzzFeed article. Exactly. <laughs> but I would definitely call uh, repentance a life hack. <laughs> but no, I get I get what you're saying. It ties into very very well to and a thought that I had about I, I wrote live less independently and more interdependently. So you talked about being accountable to somebody. And we're stronger when we depend on others, depending on others, leaning on others mm-hmm. in these sorts of situations is not weakness. It, it makes us, it makes us better. And in fact, the perspective of others is often a better, a better view of ourselves. We can't look back at ourselves or look into ourselves objectively or see everything that someone else can see. And so Having James tell me, what do you think about this situation? He's going to see it a completely different way than I do. And that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then that whole accountability thing is a great idea, but you need to make it, you need to put some meat on those bones, I guess. Put, make it a schedule. Uh, you tell your friend, um, I want to talk to you about this uh, every every week or I don't know how, how you're going to, what schedule you need depending on the situation. But if you just say, I want accountability and then there's no schedule, no expectation, I can almost guarantee it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, calling on the Lord for help is a, an excellent thing. Calling on the Lord for help with others is just that much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Remembering that changing who we are, in our in our core self is a spiritual work. It's not something that we can do with the help of James Clear or the help of um, Cal Newport. Oh, now, yes, <laughs> I was trying to think of who your hero was. And it was stuck in my mind. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I thought about is you know I was talking specifically about when we recognize our need to change ourselves, kind of like in James. Uh, you know, you see yourself and then you go away and you're forgetful. And so you, you hear, but you don't do, which is actually that, that thing of being, of not being a forgetful here. That's something that my, that my father has mentioned, you know, whenever he prays, oftentimes when he does an audible prayer, he mentions that specific thing. And that, that's part of the reason why it maybe sticks out to me is, is because of his, his emphasis on that thing of being a doer, not just a hear, but Sometimes we do have people that come to us or we're talking with somebody and they kind of push back on us a little bit and say, hey, what's going on here? And I hope we all have friends that are willing to do that for us. Right. (laughs) Um, right. I believe maybe in Proverbs, 
it talks about talks about friends. I can't get the exact verse. Maybe Sean, you know what it is, but um, are you talking about the uh, brother is born for adversity? That one? No, no. Uh, like the words of a friend or the. Uh, now I want to look it up. Oh, you're talking about the wounds of a friend are. Yes, faithful. there we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully we can all find friends that are like that for us. And so sometimes they will, they'll point out something we didn't know ourselves. And I think oftentimes the way we respond can tell us a lot about ourselves. If we respond defensively or, well, I'm not like that. And so that sort of thing, or we start blaming other people for, for something that somebody else pointed out to us. I think we need to be really careful. I mean, there are times when we are accused falsely, but I think even even times when maybe we're not totally sure if if the negative feedback we're getting is valid, I think we still need to kind of consider it and maybe assume that it's you know at least seventy to eighty percent correct, <laughs> uh, and still maybe spend some time analyzing ourselves in that because if we yeah if we're pushing back too much, there's probably some pride, some unbelief there that we need to maybe deal with. For myself, I remember how I reacted when I got negative feedback years ago and versus now and i'm st- I'm still not still not perfect by any means, but now it feels like I'm more willing to accept negative feedback than I was years ago, so I hope that's a sign of a sign of growth. I'm not great at that either, but one thing that that I know about myself is or that I've learned is that, well, I, I, I'm not sure where this thought came from or where I picked it up from some book is that no one can make you, no one can offend you. Mm-hmm. Your offense is a response that you choose to have uh, an emotional response, uh, an emotional response. And so if I feel offense, it is because of some selfishness or pride or, something tied to selfishness and pride that is making me feel offended. And so Mm -hmm. if someone comes to me with criticism, my response is not their fault or their responsibility. It's mine. And if I can just listen to it and then parse it objectively, I'll grow from it. I'm not super great at that Mm -hmm. yet, but like you said, James, it's, it's a process of learning how to accept what others have to, to share because you want to be better. There's another thing that I have been trying to do better at is spending more time in spiritual reflection. And that is, you know, read scripture, not just reading it to get through the reading plan, although sometimes I do that as well. But one thing I've been doing lately is, is one day a week, I actually do it on Sunday mornings. I've been doing this for about the last month or so is I'll pick one book of the Bible I'm currently working through 1 Thessalonians, and I just read that one that one chapter from that book and spend a good bit of time uh, writing down my thoughts on it, what it says about me, what it says about God, uh, things that I need to change from that, uh, that I get from that scripture. And there's been quite a few things that have kind of come to light about my, my weaknesses through that practice, and it's something I want to continue going forward. We've maybe talked about this in previous episodes, but um, our, our lives are very busy, 
And I think that there's a tendency, if we're too busy, that we don't take a lot of time to to really meditate on God's Word, spend a lot of time in prayer, uh, and, and listen, listen to God's voice. And so I think it's very important to set aside time each day to to have have quiet time, whether it's even when you're commuting in the morning, you can have nothing else playing, no podcasts, no music, uh, no radio, if that's something you do, just nothing except the sound of the road and your thoughts. Hopefully through that practice, you can ask the Lord to show you where you need to be better. It's not... <laughs> It's not easy to ask, hey, I want you to show me where I'm a bad person, <laughs> but that's what we need. I think that, that the Lord will, will answer that prayer if you ask for it. And I think about, I believe it was Elijah, uh, the Lord tells him to go out and stand on the mountain, and there was this wind that broke up the rocks, uh, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. Then there was an earthquake, the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. There was a huge fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. But then after the fire, there was a still small voice. And I think we it takes some it takes some quiet time to hear that still small voice. I think that's that would be another thing to uh, to do to to find out what you need to do to change. And you're gonna have to carve out that quiet time in a noisy world. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen automatically. And the idea of meditation is still a a process or an activity that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, how to do really well it's something that is common in in the bible but i'm not sure in in modern christianity i'm not sure we do it that great but sometimes when i am meditating listening waiting for the lord to speak uh, sometimes i ask questions and and trying to think eternally about a situation not just about the moment some of the questions I ask are, will this matter when I'm 70? Or another would be, will it matter when I'm 700? So that, the idea of that is, <laughs> is it going to matter for the next generations? Mm-hmm. And try to listen for for what God has to say about that. Another one is, does Jesus have direction for this? So trying to think from a New Testament perspective on whatever I'm trying to to develop in my life or maybe a circumstance that I'm going through. One thing that I've done since the beginning of this year is ask myself the question every day and I try to write a short answer to it in, in my journal every day is what is one small change I can make today that will honor God. Mm-hmm. It's that idea of trying to be 1% better every day, but trying to make it an an eternal or a spiritual thing about improving who I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another good one to ask would be, how can I better serve others today to affect uh, eternity? And another one that I ask myself often, or not ask myself, but ask the Lord is, search me, try my heart, see if there's any wicked way within me, because I know that my heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And so outside of the Lord Jesus, I can't see that or, or work on it. Yeah, that thing of 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 being 700, <laughs> I never thought about that before, but it's an interesting way to think about it because, yeah, now that 
the next generation is not something I thought that much about before I had children, but now that I do, it's very much in the forefront of my mind. And I look back at at uh, former generations and see how they they handed me something. Uh, they handed me something that is very valuable, that's very good, but they also handed me something that had some blemishes that needed to be kind of buffed out of it. What am I going to hand to my uh, to my children? Is it going to be something? That is that is better than what it was that was handed to me, or is it going to be worse? That's that's pretty sobering, and yeah, not just uh, we're speaking specifically today more about personal change, but I think if if you have an entire community of people that are that are laser focused on changing themselves to be more like Christ, I feel like that is going to then affect not just them, but also affect their entire culture or subculture and affect their children and affect future generations. So this the sort of thing of personal change, I mean, it can sometimes seem like, well, aren't there other things to deal with? Why are you spending so much time on yourself? And I think it, it can turn into a selfish thing where you're so worried about improving yourself that you're not you're not taking time to reach out to others. You're not taking time to engage with with your family or your church family that can happen but i think we do need to be working on ourselves constantly so we can do a better job at uh, engaging with others around us and trying to to improve them and um, um it talks about iron sharpeneth iron as far as brothers and sisters sharpening or improving each other and Hopefully, if I can improve myself, then I can do a better job at improving others. Um, is is kind of how I think of it. So you, uh, we've we've talked a lot about some spiritual things. Um, and I had some more life hacky type <laughs> type tips. I don't know, Sean. Do you have any more uh, practical things we can kind of end this this segment of the episode? One thing that I noted that I think is a practical and necessary part of improving me is having a why clearly in mind to avoiding what you were saying is avoiding it just becoming navel gazing mm-hmm. where it's just all about me and and I'm the center of my universe but why should I why should I care why should I get better what is it that motivates me and the why for the believer of course should be to glorify God and to serve others. So mm-hmm. the two greatest commands Jesus said that everything else hangs on loving God with every part of our being and then loving others just as much as we would love ourselves. Having that why in mind and knowing what our motivation is, then we can start figuring out who do I wish to become? And I like to write this out occasionally. I don't do it every year, but uh, once in a while, I will write out who my ideal person should be or who I think God wants me to be mm-hmm. maybe at the end of this year or at the end of five years. And it is idealistic, but it's achievable. It's something that I could actually do. And then that informs or or fuels the rest of my <laughs> my self-improvement. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about a number of of different things already, the practical things like reading the Bible daily. Uh, our listeners know that we're going to say read good books. 
um, and read articles by people that you admire that you could aspire to be like. We've talked about uh, communicating in prayer daily, communicating with you know, a brother or a sister or your church group. And we've even talked about self-communication, like checklists and goals and habit building and meditation. But one thing that that I find useful in this whole thing of self-improvement, uh, changing who I ought to be, is planning, mm-hmm. and especially long-term planning. <laughs> We can't plan for anything. Jesus tells us that. Like, we can't say this is what's going to happen 10 years from now, five years from now, or even tomorrow. So this idea of a long-term plan is, I don't know, is there value in it? I think so. Because aiming for something puts us on a proper trajectory. And so Mm -hmm. if I want to think about who do I want to be when I'm 45, then that tells me I have only 10 years to make these significant changes and what am I going to do over the next 10 years, year by year mm-hmm. to accomplish that. And then uh, our listeners can go to our, our yearly theme episode <laughs> <laughs> to, to uh, get an idea of how we go about looking at the year as a whole, getting a theme, getting that trajectory for the year, uh, putting together a plan. That's something about actions and projects and goals. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like James already talked about having something that breaks that project down into a checklist that you can actually do something about. Yeah, that's something I think both Sean and I um, were very different in a lot of ways, but we both love planning. In fact, maybe too much, possibly. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Could be. I hope it's actually I'm quite sure that it does have benefits that is makes it worth the time, but maybe we do put too much time into it. I don't know. I would probably prefer to to err on the side of of too much planning versus not enough planning. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's what I'm going to continue doing. But I just happen to think uh, this whole thing of different types of planning at different scales, if this is a topic that listeners would like us to maybe do an episode on, let us know. Maybe other people just don't find that nearly as interesting as we do. <laughs> and <laughs> yep. I'm expecting no feedback, but <laughs> nobody wanting one of these. But hey, maybe... If you really want us to do an episode on it, let us know. Maybe we'll stick it in the queue and, and do it at some point. All right, James, are we ready to look at some some of our feedback? You said you're not looking for feedback on, on this particular one, but we did get some from the Quiverful episode. Yeah, we did. Um, some of this was actually, so we sent out a note to the patrons before we actually recorded the Quiverful episode saying, hey, uh, give us some thoughts on on what what your thoughts are on number of children you should have, that sort of thing. And we did get some feedback. We also did get some feedback that came after the episode went out. So I'll give the feedback that came before that. And I thought like it was, yeah, it was some really valuable stuff here. Uh, And we'll be anonymizing these people. Um, You know, we're willing to, I guess Sean and I are willing to tackle some of these topics that are a little bit touchy, (laughs) but we, we have no desire to to kind of throw our listeners under the bus with right. us. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, as a father of seven and my wife expecting again, I feel like my quiver is full, but I also remember feeling that way back at five children too. We had a seven passenger van then, and we all fit in nicely. Quiver is full, right? Well, I guess not. <laughs> the next baby b- brought a search for, for another van, uh, an eight passenger van. Again, the quiver is full. And then the next one comes along and joy, oh joy, we have children old enough to drive. So I guess that means we have two quivers now. <laughs> 
I'm just kind of uh, envisioning these two like uh, cars that look like quivers <laughs> exactly. carrying arrows driving off there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, then he says, one aspect of a large family is watching how the older children interact with the younger ones. Our older ones initially are resistant to the thought of a new baby and all the work and stigma that comes with large families. But seeing them warm up to and develop affection for the babies is very heartwarming. The tie that binds families together is strengthened by numbers, I believe. Kind of started off with a little bit of humorous thing there. <laughs> Felt like his quiver was full, but it seemed like it kept expanding mm-hmm. as children kept mm-hmm. coming. So, um, anyway, here's one that's a little bit longer, and it actually raises a really good question. We've talked in previous episodes about community, and I think this ties into that topic as well. One thing my wife and I have discussed is how the culture of large families handed to us from the Amish slash conservative background also included the culture of servant slash maid slash outside help. In the Amish culture, it is standard for young women to go be a maid for a busy young mom, and I'm not sure they're even paid. In our modern Mennonite culture, the big family thing still has some credence, but we no longer have the outside help mentality, for sure not free outside help. Often moms of large families are expected to soldier through until their girls or boys, in our case, are old enough to help. This means at least 10 years of serious work for the mom, often resulting in overworked moms barely keeping their chins above water. If we retain the independent view that the mom should do it all, should we not also adjust the large family view? Or should we regain the view of making large, of making long-term help for young moms a standard practice? Anyway, it's a real problem we wrestle with. How can we expect the wife to smoothly raise eight-plus children in a culture that doesn't also support the idea of serious outside help? Yeah, I thought that raised a really good question that, um, you know, we, we've somewhat kept the idea that large families are good. Uh, it's what we should strive to have, but our culture has changed. This is me speaking now. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a good question for sure. And I don't know that I really have the answer. I mean, I would personally say that our culture should maybe change. We're more willing to help out busy moms because I'm guessing that, that the whole thing of, of having lots of children course there are moms that kind of uh relish relish that challenge and are able to deal with the work that it brings but there are plenty of moms that are very burned out and i'm guessing it doesn't feel like much of a blessing to them possibly or at least they feel guilty when they uh when it doesn't feel like much of a blessing when they're getting hardly any sleep and working you know 20 hour days (laughs) that sort of thing my wife has been discouraged before about this ideal found in Proverbs 31 of who um, a more nearly perfect woman should be. But I have I have mm-hmm. often told her that, listen, if you think you need to measure up to the Proverbs 31 woman, and, and I'm not saying... Don't take my words out of out of context here. I'm not saying that Proverbs 31 woman isn't who women are called to be, but we do need to realize that in Proverbs 31 it talks about her having handmaidens that help make Mm -hmm. this possible for her to do all of these things. It's not one woman doing something all by herself. And so, my encouragement to my wife is: if you're alone right now and don't have outside help you can't expect yourself to to meet the extent of Proverbs 31. Um, and so you need to find some handmaidens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sean, I don't know if you want to read our other listeners' email then. Yes, I really liked 
this email. It was a blessing to me. It's from a one of our non-married listeners. She says, Hi friends, just listened to your recent podcast and couldn't resist sending you a note. Having been raised and saturated with the quiverful mentality and still experiencing its fallout, that is, that I'm wasting my life since I'm not having children and I must be spiritually flawed because God's not blessing me with a family, I winced when I saw your episode title. I wondered if listening to it would just be another jab to the accumulation. But I tried it anyway and am so happy I did. You all did an excellent job of being honest, staying factual, and viewing the issue from more than just a few angles. I don't think the subject will ever be quite so painful as it's been because now when the voices sound forth about my flawed and wasted life, I can remember that God enables all to bring children to him. I can bring him the students I've nurtured, the immigrant children, the foster children who live next door that I help with, the neighbor children, my nieces and nephews. Thank you for being brave enough to tackle a subject. Not everyone will think it's spot on, but know that you've helped one person reach a restful place in relation to it. I am really grateful for this email because it ties in <laughs> with something that was on my heart toward the end of that episode was we so easily forget that there are people out there who would love to have a family of any size mm-hmm. and for whatever reason circumstances in their life have led to them not being able to and to put mm-hmm. pressure on them to make them feel less or incomplete because of how God has directed the circumstances of their life uh, is unfair and unkind. And so I appreciated that uh, this person shared that with us. And also I'm really glad that they got a measure of encouragement out of what we shared. Yeah. And from the, you know, kind of going all the way back to where we talked about needing more support financially, you know, this, this podcast is not about us making money. Um, it's about it's more just covering costs and um helping us out a little bit with with just the everyday expenses of life that we all that we all have uh this is the sort of thing that makes recording this podcast worth it yeah is this sort of a very genuine thanks for what we did because we we released the episode and we knew that it would be maybe a hot button topic we had quite a few people listen to it it was one of our more popular episodes we've ever done but we had very little feedback um, about it, and I'm not sure if because is that's because everybody just agreed with us completely and had nothing to add. They just you know we're just preaching to the choir. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Probably not. I'm guessing there are people that disagreed with us. And if you're hearing this, please uh, reach out to us. We'd like to maybe share some other perspectives as well, uh, other than just our own. But. She did reach out and she encouraged us for being willing to to tackle this topic because, yeah, it is a little bit scary sometimes to tackle some things that you're not sure you want your private opinions and views to become public. Right. And we we so we did that. And so we're glad that it was able to bless somebody. That's that's what it's all about. If you want to send some feedback, criticism or even ideas for future episodes, you can contact us on our website, lookingoverlife.com, or just send us an email at lookingoverlife at gmail.com. All right. See you later. Ciao.